Welcome to Behind the Backstop, episode 13. We're on the road, and we're getting the coach's perspective. I'm Matt. And I'm Joyce. And we're here with Zach Blair from B2 Baseball. Thanks for joining us, Zach. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so so Zach is the, uh, the, the man uh, behind B2 Baseball, and uh, he's got uh, lots of experience both playing and coaching and, and teaching. And um, so, Zach, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so uh, I run B2 Baseball. Um, we, uh, we, do, we have teams, we have six teams, we have 11, 13s, two 14s, 16s, and 18s. Um, we started in 2016 in a much smaller facility than this. We had a 4,500 square foot facility in, in Menor. Um, and we just started doing lessons. I was, I was working on the side after, after my playing career. I played, uh, I played collegiately at Mercyhurst and was drafted by the Cubs and, and played there for just three seasons and then played a year of independent ball in Florence, Kentucky, and then I coached two years at Case Western Reserve, scouted for two years with the Miami Marlins, and then I was doing lessons on the side kind of when I started coaching. That was when my playing career was over. So um, I built up a lesson clientele. I started with one one guy, and we would kind of hop around from facility to facility and Lost Nation, out, out to Triple Play in Warrensville Heights, like everywhere. So if there was an open cage outside, like we were there. So. Um, and my wife Rachel, we set a goal. If I could reach this this many lessons a week, then I would I would be able to go full time. Um, that didn't happen for about ten months. I was working mm -hmm. with my father-in-law um, laying hard surface floors, mm. and he's done that for four years. He's a very hard worker, and mm -hmm. worked with him. Um, I forgot. That's after I quit my job. I, that's great. A small, a small right. detail. Right. Yeah, we've been there, done that. Huh? Right. <laughs> well, I tried to use my degree, and I got a, I got a, a real job behind the desk job, and I just, it wasn't for me. So yeah. you know, I started working with my father-in-law, and then built lessons up, and then we got the first B two place on Clover in Menor, and then a year and a half later, it's turned into something unbelievable. So it's uh, again, it's, it's a beautiful facility here. I mean, it's if you're in the Cleveland area. Um, if you're looking for great lessons, if you're looking for a, a good place for your team or individually, um, how many square feet is it? It's 11,500. It's wow. big it and, and equipment's good and, and it's, uh, you know, our, old, our oldest does, um, is affiliated with B2. He's, he's on the, what is he, 15? 16U team now. So we have firsthand experience, um, but um, we, we, most of our podcasts so far have been just from the parents' perspective. And we thought it'd be great to get a coach's perspective for, for some of the things that we run into and we see at the ballpark. And, you know, one of our recurring themes is, you know, what is the appropriate behavior for parents? You know, it's parents get very excited and they want the best for the kid and they want to root for him or her because, you know, softball too. Um, but, you know, there's sometimes there's, there's limits to we shouldn't exceed. So what, you know, Zach, what, what do you as a coach expect, you know, from the parents of a player um, on one of your teams? And, and again, B2 is, is a pretty elite, pretty serious. Um, we have a lot of fun, but it's, it's a pretty serious team. It's about people who want to be here and are very committed. Um, but I, I think a lot of the stuff would apply for anyone playing on any team, what those expectations might be. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Um, I, think there's, I think there's teams like us that are around that, classify as in in the elite division um you know and i think that comes 
with a certain persona and a way to carry yourself too, you know, and that's not only for the player, that's for the parent as well. Mm -hmm. I, I, we were, you know, we were talking to, I was talking to Joyce earlier about, you know, when we recruit kids or when we, our kids are at a tryout, like, I'm not trying only to look at the kid. You know what I mean? Like if mom or dad is running them, you know, three Gatorades during the tryout or <laughs> a kid needs sunscreen in between, you know, like, right. I don't know if Johnny's going to, you know, little John, no offense, John, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if little Johnny's going to make the team, you know, so. Well, it's even, it's even like, you know, even during tryouts, I've seen parents, you know, hey, watch your elbow. Hey, you know, dig it, you know, and it's, and, and even for, I mean, and as the, 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 the child gets older, you know, the way we relate to them and interact with them is different, but some of the parents are still acting like the kids on T-ball. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, while the kids try out for a team or while the kid is actually playing, you know, doing very specific things that are like the coach's role. Yeah, I mean, I, you're hitting the nail on the head. I, you know, and it's just, I think, I think when you come to a, a, an academy like B2 or, you know, an Ohio elite or a Midwest Marlins, like mm -hmm. you have to trust that organization that they're putting somebody in charge of your son or, or daughter, that mm -hmm. they're going to handle the things the right way, correctly. Not saying that you're always going to agree with them because you're not. It's mm -hmm. just human nature to disagree with people sometimes. And that's all right. But they are, they have the knowledge that they're getting paid to do it. You know, so I think it, at that time they need to, you know, let the coach do his, his or her job and on the car ride home, I mean, car coach them, positively car coach them, you know, and make sure that, you know, you're reinforcing what the coach is saying. And, you know, the, the worst thing that you could do is cause dissension between a player and a coach. Right. Right. You, know? you don't want to confuse the kid. Right. And that's, you know, and that, you know, confusing a player, you know, is another thing. If, if the coach, parents don't know what is going on in the dugout, you know what I mean? And, and I know coaching our 18s, you know, every inning we're, we're making sure our guys are, are prepared for situations, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that situation might be, you know, and at bat, pitcher just changed to get guys throwing 90. Hey, we got to be ready a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Something as simple as that. Right. If they're going to the plate hearing other things, right they now they're like, up. well, wait, that's right. Maybe I do need to do this or that or that when hitting and playing baseball in general is the hardest thing to do right like keep it simple you know so i'm right. adding you, things to make them overthink yeah exactly it's just like hitting a round ball with a round bat and trying to hit it square like right don't think go up there and react and you know have a plan but mm -hmm. keep it simple if mom is or dad's in the stands thinking you know saying you know whatever it might be elbow up be on time you know that was a ball ump you're terrible right. <laughs> right, right. you know something like that's in his the yeah, kid's 15 he can hear you know it and like think it. yeah you know right. it's just um i remember playing in pro ball like we would go play in front of a lot of people and they might say that you can cut that noise out you can't you know, <laughs> like, it, so when we yell strike them out it's not a good thing we're just trying to cheer our team on no, that's fine. Oh. <laughs> Strike them out. We're taking go. notes. Okay, go ahead. Because then, right. I, but I feel bad about the parents that are sitting next to me at the, you know, you know, at the. Well, I think it's different. Away. I think it's different. You're not saying, "Hey, John, stride. Make sure your stride foot's out. Lead with this, that. You know, <laughs> right, do that. Right. Like, you're not giving a, a pitching lesson during the well, performance. Right. Well, I mean, that's an actually a really good point. You said positive coaching, and I, you know, there's it. So, there's a sometimes I think a fine line between or. Or you don't even think when you're saying things like, um, 
you know, don't lose that guy. That's one of my least favorite things when yeah. when yes. when a guy when a pitcher made a event up on a, on the batter and you know he gets to even in the count and said, "Don't lose him, don't lose him." Well, then what are you thinking about? You're don't. thinking about you're thinking about yeah. failure rather than thinking about success. Are there, are there specific things like that that you could say, like you know, would be a, a good thing to hear if you're on, a player on the field versus things that are like more negative talk? Yeah, absolutely. I hate that talk. <laughs> that talk too. Like, so I remember growing up, you know, you had a ton of kids that would say, "Hey, you know, the, you throw the third ball and it's don't lose them, don't lose them." You know, it's like, well, what are we gonna think about now? It's, it's that <laughs> yeah. don't. It's that. It's when I'm on. It's when I'm on the tee box, and there's a par three in the ponds right before the par three. <laughs> don't get in the pond. And I'm like, can't hit it in that pond. Right. And that's the only thing I'm thinking about is that right. stupid pond that right. I just hit my. You know, I chunked my pitching wedge and it goes right in the pond. Right. I tell the kids that all the time. You know, but so if I'm playing shortstop and my my pitcher's full count with a kid or something like that, and he just threw ball three, I'm saying, you know, hey, you got this one more. Yeah. You know right. I mean? Hey. Do your thing. Let's go. We got you. Something yeah. like that. Right. You know, We're something. behind you. We can do right. this. Let you know, him hit and, it. And I'm huge on if we do walk him, it, get the ball back. The pitcher gets the ball back. I'm playing short. Hey, me and you on a double play. Get this yeah. guy. Get right. the ground yep. ball. We'll pick you up. Right. Yep. You know, it's, it's, um, and I think that 15, 16 year old age group is, is, um, is where that really has to turn. You know, you yeah. still see it a lot where if, if a kid makes an error, if a kid messes up, like you hear you hear negative talk from the stands, you yeah. hear negative talk from their teammate. Mm -hmm. If if I'm pitching and Matt makes an area at shortstop, I get ticked off at Matt. Yeah. You know, and I can't be I I say right. I say Matt, I'll get you another ground ball right. twisted for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, get it something me. like yep. that. Right. You know? right. Oh yeah, that's so. the point. Um yeah, because I'm seeing that from I think our sixteen new team. They're starting they try to pick somebody up but somebody that just the negative melody just sticks with them and right. it's like, Oh, you just gotta turn that corner, you right. know. And it has to be conscious effort. I mean it, it's you know, I think a lot of people don't have a filter between what their thoughts are in their mouth. I mean sure. I, I I include myself sometimes in that category. Oh yeah. I'm so yeah, so I mean it you have to when you when you're sitting there or standing there or, or going to the ballpark, you almost have to make a conscious decision. You know, here's the things that I want to do. Here's the, here's how I want to act because emotions get in there, and trust yeah. me, I mean it's 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 you know you it's in, sometimes people just kind of forget the perspective of why they're here and what they're trying, what the stakes are. Right? right. We we all lose a little bit of perspective. You have to sometimes come with a game plan, even as a as a parent or or someone who's going to cheer. This is how this is how I want to reinforce. Right. This is why I keep booked during the game. So I kind of like defrost. <laughs> you know, I just like have something else to distract me. Right. But um, how should um, you know a parent has a problem? When should they approach the coach? Yeah. So in our contract, we have the twenty-four hour rule. Or if the, say we start a tournament on Friday, mm -hmm. like let's talk Monday. You know, yeah. I mean? like there's what the whole thing. Play I, up. And I wish that when I was a player, I knew how much more coaches put thought into what goes on on the field before it even happens. You know, so it's like it's it's literally exhausting. It's emotionally yeah. exhausting. Mm -hmm. And trust me, like if anything ever happened, like we're not trying to upset anybody. You know, I, <laughs> right. every coach that means well across the nation is like. They just can't please everybody, you know, and that's just part of the job. That unfortunately, you know, if if everybody could play and everybody could perform well, then that would be amazing, you know. Right. But unfortunately, some guys just aren't good enough sometimes, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know, and there's 
you know, either, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a different dynamic, but I think, I think a good time is, is 24 hours after the situation happens for two reasons, for, for the situation to decompress totally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for a parent to go and sleep on what they might want to ask me or ask a coach or how they want to approach it. And for me, how to answer, you sure. know, because right. like Matt said, I mean, I get emotional, you know, I've yeah. had emails typed out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and completely deleted them. You right, know, why? Right, right. You know, it's like right, right. Maybe it's not even worth it. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, you know, I think that's very important from a coach's and parent standpoint because things might be said that maybe might not be meant or especially you know, especially an email you could interpret well, it a hundred ways, but it, it's true. That's right? like Coach Dave with text. <laughs> you know, he says K. I'm like, what is he mad at? Me? Right, like, right. He just does not have text. You know? <laughs> He's gonna listen to this and be like, oh. but yeah, I think, um, and I encourage that. I encourage conversation between parents. I don't think other coaches enjoy that. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think, for us to continue to grow as an organization, as a business, I have to. I don't know everything. I don't. Sure. I don't know how to do everything. I'm not an expert at. As a, as a coach, even, I'm continuing to learn every day, mm -hmm. you know, from the kids, from parents. Like, if there's something that, you know, the parent wants to suggest, mm -hmm. depending on what it is, I could hear it for longer than others, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, right. I, but I'm, like, if a kid's upset with playing time, you know, I, I like the older guys to come to me first, and then mm -hmm. if it wants to go to mom or dad, that's great. Like, let's talk, you mm -hmm. know. I mean, there, there's that old song lyric, I think it was Stephen Nicks, it might have been Fleetwood Mac, where a wound gets worse when it's treated with neglect, right? So you don't want to say something right at that moment, but you can't just let a bunch of little wounds build up over time or think, oh, Coach Zach must be thinking X. When Coach Zach may not be thinking Y or he may not be thinking about it at all, mm -hmm. you know, if there is something that is bothering a parent or a player, there's no downside to talking about it at the right time in the right way Absolutely. with a coach. Yeah, I think... And like you said, there's so many things that go into certain decisions that the parent might not understand right then and there. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, well, we had to take Joey out, but we were hitting a DH, so he had to go into the DH spot, and then they're wondering why he's not in the field, you know, or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, but that's the rule, you know. He he was getting lit up on the mound. We had to get him out, but he <laughs> right. still wanted his bat. Right, you know? right, like, right. So we had to take then we had to take the DH out, you know. It's just stuff like that. Sure. So in a certain circumstance, what would be a better way of a player approaching a coach rather than saying, hey, coach, why am I batting eighth when the kid's used to batting higher? Or, you know, why why did I sit out there? Is, are there other ways to approach it? I mean, I think I've heard some people say, what can I do to, to get more playing time? I mean, what are, what are the... How would a player approach a coach? And again, we're talking more around the later teens, mid-teens now. Um, how could that conversation go? What would be the right time, the right place, and sort of the right approach for a kid just to not sound like he's complaining about, you know, I'm not getting treated fairly? Right. Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with both of the questions, um, you know, especially at the older ages, because that gets to crunch time. And they really, they really want to be in the lineup and they they need to be in the lineup you know and um i've had the i've had the question of i've posted the lineup then i walk away <laughs> you know and you right. see all the guys flock to it and you can see you know the guys that you generally hit in the spots and then maybe one kid was hitting second one game now he's hitting seventh or something mm -hmm. you know um and i've had the kid come to me 
right then and there and say, hey, what's going on? Why am I in the seven hole? And I say, hey, bud, listen, let's talk about this later. I need you to hit in the seven yeah. hole today and do your best for the team. Right. Okay, so you don't, like, have a conversation. I know you're used to hitting seven, second, but I'm throwing you seven today. You, you know, just do what you've been doing at the second hole and, yeah, you know what I mean, kind of that. Some, sometimes, yeah, like, yes. we've even had a situation where, you know, our kid's hitting up high and then he was dropped and there was no explanation. Right. And we're like, okay, is that messing with him mentally too or is that just messing with us mentally? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think I think there's a method behind everybody's madness, sure. whether the the madness is warranted or not you know it's um you know i think i think you can say that it's like hey today you know you can expand i i just don't necessarily like expanding too far into it pre-battle okay sure right and you know then we kind of see how the outcome goes i can put my arm around them and i can say hey listen you know i and honestly I, i know it sounds weird but the arm around the kid like that makes mm-hmm. I think that is very good how you know to approach situations that way. Sure. Um, you know, and say, hey, listen, like this is why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either agree with it or not, but I thought it was the right move, mm-hmm. and you know, and then leave it at that. You know, mm-hmm. and and then just I think the biggest thing as a coach now is just to trust our decisions as coaches. Yeah, you, know, you do because you're gonna you know, in the scheme of things, they are learning. You know, sometimes you wonder, okay, why did he leave that guy in so long? Well, it is learning. They're still yeah. learning, and it's a process. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you, yeah, you'd like to win the game, but maybe it's about winning and right or not winning, but learning about yeah. it. You mm-hmm. know, the situation, how to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think there's like I've dealt with the situation where, you know, a guy comes up to me and says, "Coach, how do I hit higher in the lineup?" I like that mm-hmm. question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I love that question. You know, it shows me two things. It shows me that. He wants to be in a different spot. He wants to help the team more. Mm-hmm. And my answer is, you know, you've got to work harder. You've got to get better, mm-hmm. you know. And and I'm going to tell him what to do, mm-hmm. how to get better. Mm-hmm. And it's up to him now if he does it. If Correct. he does it, I gotta, I'm honest. I gotta, we got to put him up. You right. Know? right. So, and well, it's in your best interest. If, they, if they're working on it and they, yes. they fix whatever it is that, you know, is giving them a problem, that's going to help the team and going to help the, the kid. And I think the worst thing a coach can do is to tell something to the kid to get him out of his face um, and then exactly. not back up his yeah, word. Right. You know, because then, you know, I keep saying Johnny. Johnny's going to do it. <laughs> but, you know, if little Johnny comes up to me and says this, and I say, well, you got to work harder, you know, and yeah. kind of chew him away, and he goes and works his butt off. And, and nothing changes. And nothing changes. Then yeah. not only he set a goal, he accomplished his goal, but now he's got he's not getting, you know, what was told to him. You know, mm-hmm. like, so we have our kids playing baseball and sports and doing activities to learn life lessons. You know, one of the things one of my boys is in Boy Scouts and it's lessons for life is one of the mantras we work with. And so this isn't just a basically a, a, a baseball conversation. This is a, how do you get along with coworkers? How do you get along with your teammates? How do you get along with your boss? Because the coach really is in a lot of situations your guide and your teacher, but also the boss of the team. So being, developing skills, you know, at a younger age that they can, they can use in other aspects of their life is one of the reasons we're here. And sometimes your boss is going to tell you, listen, you aren't performing as well as you previously had been or you could be. And sometimes that's just the answer. Yeah. I, that's, um, I, I, think, I think being a coach is so much more than just coaching the fundamentals and the, the physical skills of baseball. Right. And 
unfortunately, I don't think there's enough coaches like that. You know, I think that mentally, regardless if, you know, this guy goes and plays where at, at a high level in the pros, college, wherever, at the end of the day, he's got to hang up his cleats, mm-hmm. you know, and he's got to be a father, he's got to go to work, he's got to provide income, you know, mm-hmm. and, and he, they can learn so much from the game of baseball by, you know, work ethic, time management, things like that, and, you know, sometimes there isn't going to be an answer, you know, like you said, like, your boss is going to come up to you and say, hey, listen, like, you know, it's got to be done, you didn't do this or that or whatever it might might be, but I think kids are growing up now where anything they want, it's right then and there, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's right in front of their face, they can have it, you know what right. I mean, like, they click on a button on their phone and it's like, boom, you know, it's there, they can buy something, it's shipped to them in one day, like, Mm-hmm. No patience anymore, you know. Right. And everything is, their their friendships are superficial. It's mm-hmm. you know, it's like nobody can rely on anybody anymore, you know. And it's it's tough, and you know, people say it might be a lack of coaching, a lack of parenting, a lack of whatever it may be. But it's it's affecting when they grow up and then they have to go to a boss that, you know, it it doesn't matter. You know, you gotta it. Not everything's going to be handed to you, you know. You got to work yeah, for it. Exactly. You know? I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing that we kind of build our program around. Like, if you want something, you can get it, but you got to work your butt off for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I'm never going to just tell a kid that, you know, hey, you're going to be great. What right. I mean, with becoming great comes extreme sacrifice and extremely hard work. Like. You can be good just by going through the motions and, and be a good ball player, right. be a good kid. But to be a great kid, great student, great ball player, like you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to give up things. You're going to have to put down your phone. You're going to have to put down your video game. Right. You're going to have to. You're going to have to do things. And I'm not saying that you can't be a kid. Right. Be a kid. I played video games growing yeah. up. Be a yeah. kid. But right. we have to manage our time a little bit better. You know. And, realize this is what I want and this is what I'm going to have to do to get there. And the satisfaction from success, from working hard at something or something that you thought wasn't attainable is so much greater than anything that comes easy. And that's in baseball and life or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's a great lesson for parents to take a step back and remember why we're doing this in the first place. You, I think from our high school, where our kids are going to go to high school, mm-hmm. there may have been one or two people who have actually ever played professional baseball. Correct. Uh, you could probably count on you know a couple of hands in the last couple of years people have had full rides to you know d1 schools but that doesn't mean that this what we're doing here is a waste of time or you know anything like that at all it's it's there are so many things that you can get from pushing yourself and applying yourself and trying to expect more of yourself than than just let's just go i mean and say just let's go out and have fun well that's a big part of it too a lot of people just play sports to have fun, and that's that's good as long as they're doing it the right way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, it's it's. Um, I think too many people determine success by. I'm blessed to commit to here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I just committed. I just did that. Like, that's great. Like, that's awesome. Like, if we can get, if you know, a player can get some money off of school to play baseball, and that's what it is: getting money off right. of your education exactly to play athletics. Mm-hmm. You know, because at, I could go there freshman year tear my ACL, but I'm still going to have my education. You yeah. know? So that's that's the main goal. Like if we can help a kid get an education, that's what it's about for us. Right. Um, you know, but 
it's it's so much more than just baseball. You know, whatever your sport may be, it's so much more than the athletic sport. And that's that's something to remember too. Is was it a successful season? If you had a losing record, it can be. It can be a, a terrible season if you won a lot of games, but it was done the wrong way. I agree. Mm-hmm. And that's going to wrap up episode thirteen of Behind the Backstop. Join us next time when we continue our conversation with Coach Zach Blair from B2 Baseball. We're going to talk about uh, how to work towards a scholarship, dealing with failure, and some surprising advice. So thanks for listening, and join us next week for Behind the Backstop. Mm -hmm.